Hey everybody, welcome back to The Pixelist, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. I'm Will, that's Blake, and today we are here to talk about a very special episode of Critical Role Campaign 3. Oh, but before we dive into that, how are you doing today, my friend? Good. It's hump day. That's okay. It is Wednesday, my dudes. It is. It is. How are you doing today? Sorry, I cleared my throat. And I didn't hear what you just said there at the end. Why do we always have such like awkward back and forth? <laughs> Even like simple questions. It's like, sorry, what, what did you say? <laughs> uh, I said, how is your day going? It's that good. It. It's good. You got a uh, walk in today, right? I got my walk in. Been trying to get a little bit more active nice. recently. So. I got on the bike yesterday. Ooh. Felt, felt a little motivated by your Discord channel, you mm. know? Yeah. How's that? So. How that? You got the Peloton, right? Yeah, well, now I sound like a, you know, rich douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so. I just, I want one, so I'm yeah. jealous. No, you do you like the little classes? I, yeah, there are classes, but then there's also like a free ride. This is like an advertisement for Peloton, I guess. There's like a free ride, and then there is a, um, like, nature-style class thing that's kind of cool. Um, but there's like a lot of versions. There's not just Peloton. There's a lot of, like, you know, digital bike things that you can get. But for me, I just thought I would have less excuses if I couldn't, if I was like, Oh, it's too cold outside. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I get it. I get it. But Hey man, as long as, as long as I'm just, I'm not trying to speak for you, but as long as we're getting something in, uh, I mark it as a, as a win, you know, in some activity, but yeah, I even, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about, but I walked over to the co-op as part of my walk today and I got myself a little sp- a special coffee. So I'm about Ooh. to about to pop this open for our app and I'm excited. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Our co-op's pretty awesome. I've noticed just since we're doing like a lifestyle podcast now, <laughs> I've noticed that the veggies there last longer than from Walmart. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes, makes sense. sense. I guess. Yeah. Like I got green onions from Walmart and like two days later they were like, droopy and sad mm, even like that. one day later oh bro sometime one time i had a delivery from from walmart and it was already like like full on like brown. you know not brown just softy boy mm. <laughs> it's nice and nice and firm yeah and that's how i like my green onion among other things yeah that so. might that might be on your um uh, whoever picked your stuff that day they got to be better than that you know you got to pick the ripe ones or I don't That's know if true. ripe applies to onions, but you know what I mean. But point being for the co-op, I feel like day four, day five, you know, cracking open an egg, making an omelet, you know, slicing up some green onions on top. I got, they're nice and, and spry. Yeah. So I don't know. You throw a bone in there. You got a stew going. <laughs> <laughs> in your omelet? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking uh, episode 51, the Apogee Solstice. It's here. Yep. It's it's happening I wouldn't say it's happened. It's happened and it's happening. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot to talk about today. We do. A couple of quick announcements before we dive in. We did hit 5,000 subs. Uh, There is a video on the channel. If you haven't checked it out yet, definitely head on over there. Um, We talk more about the giveaway and you will actually need to comment on that video in order to enter the giveaway. We will be selecting with one of those RNG websites that just picks a random YouTube comment. 
again on that uh, video. So make sure you comment on there. And again, thank you guys for helping us reach that milestone. Oh, just punched my mic. Um, <laughs> other than that, unless you have anything to add on the giveaway. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, other than that, um, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, oh yeah. Discord. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. It made me think of it. Uh, if you guys aren't part of the discord community already, definitely check us out. Um, you know, we're coming up on the new episode of critical world tomorrow, and we've always got a group that, uh, comes together and we live chat during the episodes. It's always a really good time. And other than that, uh, worlds beyond number, the wizard, the witch and the wild one new campaign from, you know, some of your potential favorite people. I don't know why I'm assuming they're your favorite people. Maybe they're not, but from Brendan Lee Mulligan, Erica Ishii, Lou Wilson and Abria Iyengar and produced by Taylor Moore, really great new audio fiction D and D podcast. Um, Blake and I are going to be covering it. Uh, our discussion on episode one and our recap on episode one is on the channel. Um, and episode two just came out yesterday, so we'll be obviously covering that as well. But just for our Critical Role people, if you haven't checked that out and you like Critical Role, uh, I think I can speak for Blake as well when I say this. We would both highly recommend it. Um, it's good stuff. It's real good. It's real good. Other than that, I think that's all I got. So um, if you're new to the channel, you know that... Or <laughs> You're new to the channel, you don't know this, uh, but we are going to be launching into our recap because we like to recap every episode of this long form content uh, before we dive into actually discussing it. And if you find yourself on that recap video um, and you want to see our full discussion, it'll be linked down in the description box below. Um, but yeah, without further ado, if you want to take us off here, my friend. Yeah, so this was episode 51, the Apogee Solstice is the episode we've been waiting for for a long time, and uh, it did not disappoint. There's a lot of things that happened in this episode, so definitely bear with me as we cover everything. The episode, if you remember, the previous episode kind of ended with this conversation with the couple of Mighty Nine members um, with the ground team, and this episode actually opens up with the air team. And the air team, basically, uh, we have FCG who uh, casts Sending over to Orem and is basically like, what's going on? How are things happening? And Orem's like, yeah, this we, we've met a couple of people. Like, there's a lot happening down here. And basically, the first part of this episode is Fern and FCG trying to decide, should they abandon ships, so to speak, and get down to the ground team to help them if they might need them. But there's one sticky little issue, and that would mean leaving Ira with Captain Vandis. Uh, so they want to kind of size up. Cap they want to si size up Ira a little bit to make sure he's not like a murder murderous, crazy person. And is like, hey, what's your five-year plan? Like, what exactly, what exactly do you do here? <laughs> That's kind of the impression I got. And uh, finally, um, what ends up happening is FGG decides to leave it to the Changebringer and decides to flip the coin. And heads as we stay, tails as we go. And sure enough, it's time to go. So uh, they get dropped off and wish Van uh, Captain Vandis well, who's kind of like, oh, you're leaving me... <laughs> with this guy <laughs> great and uh back down on the ground team uh we do have a another patrol come by basically um similar to one previously where the party basically there's gonna be a lot of deception checks that are going to happen over the next couple hours of this episode 
uh, ultimately because the party is trying to push farther into um, the excavation site and the excavation site is on high alert uh, because they are uh, they don't want this whole plan to get ruined so they pass the deception check uh, sort of just explain you know oh the water's broken you know we're just trying to get going and ultimately that patrol moves on um next up comes fcg and fern who are sort of like wading through the sandstorm not really sure where they're going and conveniently comes across our party uh fcg actually decides to try to get inside of the warder and basically link up with the warder and he is essentially ultimately successful and sort of you know like robot <laughs> gundam style that's that a good uh, sound effect thank you <laughs> working on my dm voice and um, basically takes control of the warder and a uh, bunch of the people like pile in Orem climbs into the hand of the warder and like pretends that he is a, um, uh, a prisoner. And uh, those who are not inside the warder or, you know, being pretending to be captive are wearing their Paragon's Call or Ruby Vanguard outfit. The party then pushes farther into the excavation site. Once again, there will be a multitude of deception checks that are going to happen. Uh, they do come across an armored General Ratanish, uh, who is sort of making his way um, through his excavation site as well. And we do get a cool little just RP moment from Orem, where he um, does his uh, druid craft to conjure some red cherries or berries and oh, yeah. like smashes them on his face to look like he's injured. And again, there's a successful deception check. And uh, Imogen basically lies and says that this is, you know, an invader that they captured. And Ratana says, you know, oh, I almost feel sorry for the guy. That's, you know, <laughs> interesting. But um, all that to say, they push farther inside. Imogen is looking for her mother and does, in fact, see her mother, who's sort of floating and flying around, putting up sort of the last uh, with her telekinesis, is sort of attaching these last metal pieces to the Malleus Key, this massive device far larger than what they saw in the Feywild uh, with massive power cores. And ultimately, they decide to you know, not talk with Liliana for now, but to push deeper into this, the base of this Malleus Key, which is where they find two large caverns. And in one of the caverns, uh, one Adahan Thule walks into and begins chatting with some of the um, uh, cult members, to say the least, yeah. on sort of like last decisions. And so the party, in good sense, decides to um, go to the other cavern, uh, which once again has some power cells and things set up and they start thinking about, okay, how can we, how can we basically blow this thing up? Like, what's the plan? Uh, there are a few guards who are in this room and, uh, one of them asks, I think Matt even describes them as an exultant. Um, one of them even asks Imogen, like, what are you, what are you doing here? Like, what exactly is going on here? Uh, they make a group deception check, and it seems like they may have done so successfully uh, until as the uh, guards are sort of walking by them and leaving, uh, the exultant sends me a message to Imogen that's basically like, you know, let's see what you're made of. Uh, and then combat ensues. So... Uh, it's actually a very quick round of combat. They take care of them extremely quickly. I think it's only one round or maybe the start of a second round. Yeah, real quick. 
And once they take them out, um, they do take one person prisoner. Um, Chetney basically is like, you know, hey, you know, surrender. It's the last surviving person of the guards. Surrender or you're going to be like one of them. Uh, and, you know, the soldier or the guard or whatever is like, you know, this isn't worth it. And you kind of get an impression that there are the exaltants and the the rudest born people here but then there's also the impression i got were, were that there's quite a few like hired hands uh, sort of yeah. like mercenaries who are here just you know sort of doing grunt work um and this is what this person essentially is uh they pat down the bodies of the other guards and they find a locket of presumably a daughter of one of them so the party kind of feels bad for <laughs> for killing this bad guy um but basically they ask this prisoner like hey how does all this stuff work the prisoner's like i really um have no idea uh i just know that the big crazy man the old guy wants to basically you know do this big plan it's kind of all i know so as they're chatting um they also Laden is looking at the scryball and begins to notice that Adahan is moving fcg who's been keeping guard outside of this cavern um and pretending like to move stuff and look busy, sees Adahan finishing in that cavern and now moving over to their cavern to um, basically inspect that one as well. Uh, there's a lot of panic, and we go to break. So that's the first half. You want to take it from there? All right, yeah, good job. All right, a lot happens in this second half, so y'all bear with me. But we pick back up with basically everyone knowing that Adahan is now on the way, uh, thanks to FCG conveying the information. And the group tries to kind of tidy up after this battle, and most of them try and hide. Um, this is when Matt has Liam and Marisha roll for Bo and Caleb, and they get a natural 13 and a natural 7, respectively. Uh, so not the greatest. Odahan then is like turning the corner to come down into this chamber when there is an explosion, and two of the machines emitting this like dispel magic cone have like detonated, presumably thanks to whatever Bo and Caleb are doing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. This distracts Odahan, who goes and investigates, but Imogen kind of still just takes her shot here because, um, even though Odahan is not like within sight range, uh, she is still within her psychic lances attack range. And so she just, she does it. Um, and it actually, it hits like Odahan fails the, um, the save or whatever, but she does use a legendary resistance on it. Um, so she does take some damage and she does look around, but she can't see where it came from. So she like continues on toward the distraction. Um, <clears throat> the party thinks, okay, with this going on, this is our time to move. Uh, and so FCG sends a message to Ira telling him to launch the airstrike with the airship. The party in the chamber does uh, attack some of these cables and arcane cores, um, causing some of them to detonate as well. But back in the main chamber, FCG, again, still in the body of this warder, um, makes their way to Rin's statue. Um, and he's kind of in the central chamber now, uh, where both Liliana and Ludinus are. <clears throat> so FCG is like, okay, I'm going to try to sneakily grab Rin's statue here. But meanwhile, I'm going to pretend like I'm helping pick up debris from like this explosion that just happened. And I think it, it rolls poorly. I don't remember if it was like a natural yeah, one. It was bad. Um, <clears throat> I think it was, was a, a lot natural of bad one, rolls though. in yeah. this. When it matters, terrible rolls. <laughs> <laughs> so as he's pretending to pick up this chunk of debris, he actually like kind of stumbles into it and knocks this whole wall over. Um, onto the Rin yeah. statue, which we later <laughs> come to find out that this has caused her arm to break off. Um, 
everyone kind of turns and looks and FCG barely makes the deception check necessary. And everyone just assumes like it's this stupid robot and uh, Ludinus just like deactivates it uh, for like basically trapping FCG inside. So back to the main group, um, they're approached by more members of like the guard checking on things. But again, everyone's in disguises. And so they are able to successfully do a group deception check and kind of move past this. Um, the party then exits the chamber and they all hear a voice in their head simultaneously. And it's Ludinus. He's <clears throat> basically launching into this big speech that he's going to be giving for the next large chunk of the episode. Um, and he basically says the timetable has been moved forward. I need everyone to come gather at the key. Uh, we then have Matt ask for another Liam and Marisha role for Bo and Caleb. And we get a six and a five respectively. So continuing the really bad roles. Um, <clears throat> That's when they see Liliana and this mage hunter golem basically like descending down and in the golem's hand, uh, he is clutching Caleb like by the neck. Um, also, Beauregard is making her way like walking down toward the Malleus key from higher up in the chamber. And uh, she is seemingly uh, being controlled by Liliana, who's like outstanding a hand toward her. Um Ludinus speaks again and thanking everyone for joining him, including Caleb and Bo, who he says, like, you've been a thorn in my side for years. How fitting that you will now have front row seats to your own failure. Um, when Bo reaches down in the main chamber, they shackle her like up to the nines completely and chain her up. And again, um, Caleb is just being grasped by this mage hunter golem. Uh, and he also has a collar around his neck, which is like preventing him from casting magic. <clears throat> Ludinus then puts one of his arms into this machine and um, it basically like starts powering up and lights up and he fuels it with his own arcana. Um, Liliana then parts her arms, which causes these like two plates, these armored plates on the machine to drop down. And we see that there is a dodecahedron in this Malleus key, like partially powering it as well. Um, Ludinus then says it's time and this like energy fills the chamber and locks everyone in place. Um, and in the night sky above the stars all start to like pass by and hours seem to go by in seconds until Ruidus is kind of like held aloft in a way above the, the Malleus key. Ludinus then removes his hand from the device and it's all like dark and withered now. Yeah. Um, it's at this time that suddenly the airship appears above the key and starts plummeting down. Uh, Ludinus throws up a wall of force surrounding the Malleus key and the airship just shatters against it, sending debris, fire and basically chaos just all over below, killing tons of these vanguards and paragons call people that have gathered here in Ruidus Borns. Um, Ira and Xandis, however, did manage to Dimension Door out in time as Ladna kind of can see them up higher in the, the excavation site. Uh, and she messages Ira and kind of quickly catches him up saying like, we destroyed one of the things. Like, what do you think? Can you destroy something? And Ira's like, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, in the chaos below Liliana casts like a mass calm emotions, essentially basically chilling everyone out and everyone like again, turns to look at Ludinus who is continuing his speech about the gods and, you know, kind of what they're doing here. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Imogen casts command, continuing her streak of like MVP command moves this campaign oh, yeah. on the Mage Hunter Golem to release Caleb, which it does. But again, Caleb does have this like spell collar around his neck, preventing him from doing anything, really. 
Um, Aura makes his way toward FCG to try to help him get out of this now deactivated order that he's in, while Laudna and Ashton go to yet another set of power cores to try to destroy them. Chetney, meanwhile, goes invisible, and he is going to start to try to climb up this Malleus key, but he's failing at first because this is like a very difficult right. um, endeavor. Um, Orem gets to FCG, helps FCG escape, but Liliana notices this happening and is about to like cast something when Imogen messages her mother and is like, mom, and basically tries to, you know, talk her out of this. She's like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, you know, and they have a brief conversation right. with, with Imogen basically saying like, how can you trust him? And she says, I just do. Uh, and then a rumble happens and we're told that uh, Ira has detonated yet another like set of cores and power supplies. Uh, Liliana sees him kind of darting out of this chamber and she banishes him. So he's poof, gone yeah. back to the Feywild. <laughs> um, Ludinus continues his speech. Maybe, saying, maybe for good, by the way. We don't know. Well, yeah, more on that in a second. Yeah. Uh, Ludinus continues uh, his speech saying, I've worked selflessly for a thousand years. Let me be your villain if it means your liberation forever. Laudna and Ashton detonate some more cores where they are and like the residuum energy flowing into the Malleus Key dulls a little bit. Um, then Ludinus says to the Rudisborns, like, all right, it's time. And they all start to glow with like this red mist energy like flowing off of them, seemingly like empowering the device as well. Suddenly, the wind kicks up and a large boulder slams down in front of the Malleus Key and it is Keyleth in her earth elemental form and she says, like, by the Tempest, like, you must stop this. Ludinus looks down and says, right on time. And he casts Power Word Stun on her. And it's at this point that Odahan jumps out of the shadows and uses her shadow clones, essentially, to all surround Keyleth, who, again, is stunned. Um, and she just starts wailing on her. Everyone that's around rolls initiative because they want to obviously help. But Odahan has the highest of these initiatives. And so she goes first. All of her attacks are with advantage because of the stun, and with her first attack, she knocks Keyleth prone, which then makes all the rest of her attacks do even more damage. Um, <laughs> so I fine. think, she, yeah, I think she gets That'll five attacks amongst her and her clones, um, two of which are nat twenties, and then she action surges and does it all again. Um, and so she cleaves through the elemental form goes through all of that HP. So Keyleth drops back to her normal form and she's now cutting Keyleth like to ribbons. And as she goes for the heart strike, Matt describes this blur of shadows and feathers and the blow is deflected. And then there before her is a masked figure saying, don't you dare. And the champion of Ravens has showed up to protect her. Um, during this FCG tries to dispel the collab, the collab, the collar on Caleb's uh, neck, but it doesn't work. Um, Orum jumps off the warder where he was helping FCG and just unleashes his attacks into Odahan's backpack, which were, which we found out is what's causing her shadow clones. Um, and it has a super high AC of 25. Um, he is able to get some hits, but it's just not enough damage to fully destroy it. So basically the rest of Bell's Hells are like, let's finish this. But with such a high AC, they're all missing the backpack. Chetney, however, does go for Ludinus instead, but he's like swatted away essentially, and he actually gets impaled on piece of the Malleus on a piece of the Malleus key. Um, Liliana, meanwhile, is actually holding her actions, being kind of torn because of you know Imogen being there and, and talking to her, so she's actually not really doing anything right now. 
Ludinus looks down at everyone and is based and smiles. And he's like, ah, the final piece, a sliver of divinity, the lens. And he snaps and Liliana then casts a spell towards the champion of Ravens and all the mirrors around the excavation site, like turn in and this energy, like all directs onto him and turns him into like this black orb, which she then like floats up and places into the Malleus key. Um, Ludinus says that the machine hasn't gotten quite enough power, but this will have to do. And as he's saying this, more airships start to appear overhead, presumably from Vasselheim. And um, they're just, uh, oh, excuse me. The Ruidusborn's energy, again, is still like flowing off of them and filtering in. And Ludinus says, let us destroy what will unmake them. And this enormous beam of energy shoots out of the key, flying up into the sky toward Ruidus. And just the pure force of it like blows back all of these airships um and ludinus screams for a thousand years you couldn't stop me and now it's too late and he's just laughing as all like the nexus energy and the ley line energy is tethering together and the sky goes um from pitch black to like red and white uh to, to finally white excuse me and when this white this subsides uh ladna finds herself on the edge of a cliff with like this sulfurous smell hitting her nose and pools of strange liquid around and she's in an unfamiliar landscape she can see ashton nearby and orum none of them are hurt and in the far distance they can still see ruidus with the red beam of light um emanating around it or toward it uh we then cut to the rest of the party who all find themselves in this like crystal sand uh, like snow. Uh, they cannot see Ruidus or Katha in the sky above, just stars. Um, and Chetty recognizes where they are as the crystal sands tundra, which is weird. It's just near his hometown of Uthodern, half a world away. What? And <laughs> that's where the episode ends. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, that's our recap. If you're watching just the recap, click the link. We're going to be talking about this. You're going to want to talk about it too. So click the link to our full video. Will, what the heck? What the heck, man? Um, this was nuts. This, it was. Um, I, first things first, you know, what we think? I'll just dive into it really quick and toss it to you. I loved it. I thought this was a crazy episode for a bunch oh, yeah. of reasons we'll get into here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I loved it. What about you? Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. I, I, I try not to like be like a broken record about this, but like I always have like my enjoyment from like a audience, but then also it's always enjoyable to see the players enjoying a session, mm -hmm. just like good D and D, I guess. And, um, you know, Travis screaming like, what? <laughs> no. And like everybody getting so into it. Yeah. Like if I'm Matt, I'm, I'm going to bed like grinning ear to ear for yes. how much my players loved the session. Um, so yeah, love the episode. Thought it was amazing. And um, oh my gosh, like I'm so curious. I have so many questions now. I'm so curious what happens now. Yeah. Yeah. We finally are getting on a, on a more meta level, you know, this has been what we've been wondering for like the past six months, like what happens now? So we're finally kind of getting to that. Um, real quick. I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I was running high at the end of that episode. Like I, I watched this one live, um, start to finish. Um, and so I immediately, uh, jumped to the Reddit just cause I, you know, was wanted to see what people were saying and it wasn't all negative, 
But the first, the things I saw were like negativity and I was like, I can't deal with this. And so I, I closed it and haven't been back. So I don't know if that was just like a, in the moment people were like upset because what were they, they failed. I, I don't know. I just, again, I didn't pay much attention to it because it wasn't the vibe I was trying to have in the moment. I was like, get this away from me. But yeah, okay. I think the general, the general vibe of what I was getting was just people being upset that they, they failed and like, guys, did you like, really think? Like, do you think that would have been satisfying for them to have stopped lewdness at level nine or level eight? Like after building to it for 30 episodes, yeah. like, do you really feel like that would have been satisfying? I mean, I, I think there's levels of failure and like levels of success. And I, even though like we didn't get that articulated, we've talked about this on the show before, how Matt's really good about creating levels of impact. And the most recent example I can think of, we've talked about it is, Fighting Ukatoa, Imogen trying to control the storm. Uh, Imogen, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, Jester trying to control the storm, and Matt basically saying like, "Yeah, his legendary action's been affected because of what mm-hmm. you did here." Uh, still have to fight him, you know. It's not like over now. Um, and so I don't. Even though we didn't like fully get that illustrated, at least yet, um, I think comments like Ludna saying there's not enough power or like. There's mm-hmm. really no turning back. I mean, to me, those are nods to you guys have done things. Yeah. Um, and also, Ruidus is still in the sky. So I don't think this is over. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree with, with everything you just said. Uh, and, you know, some of it might have been just emotions running high because, like, I know some of the things, and I, I don't want to spend time on this. So I'll, I'll move past it after this. But I, um, people were being like mad that, that like Caleb and Bo were just immediately taken off the field and Keyleth got like destroyed and Vax, you know, what happened to him happened to him. And I just, I don't know. I, yeah. Okay. I, 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 I don't want to, you know, I don't want to focus on the negativity, but that's sure. just like the first thing I saw after I, I finished the episode. And so it just kind of disheartened me a bit because I thought this episode yeah, okay. was amazing. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard for me since I haven't read, I tried to get on Reddit yesterday, but the Reddit was down. So I couldn't get on the subreddit. It was down for, I think a few hours. Um, I'll, I'll just say, kind of echo what I just said, which is if, if your players are having a great time, yeah, it's great D and D and like no one not having read those comments. I don't know exactly what people are referring to, but like the fact that there have been sessions where you've seen the players like kind of battle with Matt to get like a little, just one more inch of, well, come on, can it be this or, and like, they were enamored. Like to me, that's, that is the signal that it was a great session. Yeah, I I'm right there with you, hundred um, percent. And uh, there's some, there's like a lot to talk about this episode, but just segueing into that freaking Vax moment, and just the reaction that everyone had. Oh my gosh, that was just so good. I I I tweeted out like that 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 clip, and I uh, so you know at the risk of repeating myself to some of you guys that follow us on Twitter, that might be one of the most hype moments across all the campaigns for me. Um, and I was curious, I know you've seen legend of Vox Machina. I know you've yeah. seen some of campaign one, so you have a familiarity, but I was curious, like how hard did it hit for you? It, so I doubt it hit as hard. And we've talked about this a few times, like how certain things haven't, like I'm jealous of it, not hitting as hard as it has for other people, like the return to white stone and seeing, mm-hmm. um, I mean, all that stuff. Um, from seasons one and two of Legend of Vox Machina and like the budding relationship between them and also kind of wondering what happened, what has happened to Vax between Legend of Vox Machina or 
from what we know yeah. from Critical Role to present time, uh, extremely satisfying. I was super giddy about it. Like as soon as he began describing the feathers, I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. And then I loved, I loved the don't you dare yes. delivery. Was And I texted you and you knew exactly. I thought, I wonder if he's going to know what I'm talking about. And you knew exactly what I was talking I'd about. I've been waiting. I've been um, waiting. <laughs> yeah, I had chills. I thought it was phenomenal. I wish, I wish I'd had the experience that you had had of campaign one, but you know, maybe when campaign five's out, I can <laughs> have that moment. So, but yeah, know. that I can't. Uh, ho- fingers crossed, we get Bell's Hells animated. That moment is gonna be insane if we get to see that. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't but stop thinking about that moment in particular. I'm, I'm bummed how short lived it was. With he's now a little, little, uh, <laughs> yeah, black orb, you know, yeah. so. Which, which there's which, which so much to talk sorry. about just with that. Go, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was I, I was actually about to say like, well, I don't want to get us off track if we're not ready to get into it yet. But we might it, as well. I mean, we could just jump around. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're gonna have to. You guys bear with us because we have so many things to kind of like piece together and talk about. So it might seem kind of scattered, but um, I loved. For me, it was a callback to calamity about how um, Vespin needed the bow to yeah, or break it was laren right or was it vespin they it both, both. both laren needed idea. it because it was the it was evidence from vespin's ritual site vespin used it originally to break open mm. the uh the the lock on That's the door right. but then she used it too right at the right. end yeah okay. right correct so I just love sort of the callback of sort of like the rules of Arcana. Like if we're going to be doing divine things, like we need an Peace essence of divinity. Of, yeah, exactly. And so, so Vax showing up was just perfect for playing into that. Um, and I'm curious what that means for him now. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you respond. I don't want to. I, I could literally just keep ranting and rambling for like <laughs> twenty minutes. Like, what if this? So I want to make sure I'm, I'm giving you space. So, <laughs> no, yeah, you're fine. Uh, but yeah, I had that same exact thought with the the planetar's bow from Calamity. Um, which I don't want to. I don't want to gear us off track, but because I, I want to keep talking about this Vax thing in particular. But speaking of, we did get confirmation that lewdness is over a thousand years old, which is something that, you know, you and I had been yeah. speculating about. Um, they're the also calamity was when, by the way, say again, sorry. When was the calamity? I think it was around then we're okay. in 843 post divergence is like the year. Yeah. So 800 40 years ago was the divergence and the calamity was like right before that. So, well, the calamity though was a thousand years, I think. I um, think Brennan articulate, I think Brennan talks about a thousand years of like shadow and dust, but I don't know if that was canon or make an offhand comment in the epilogue. I do remember that, but was it a thousand or was it? I thought it was hundreds. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah. So I think, so I think we don't know the yeah. exact start and finish of yeah. it, but. Okay. With the divergence being 800 years ago and he's a thousand, he was probably there for some of it at at least. Yeah. So I think our theory of him being from Aeor is starting to check out. Yeah. Or at least, you know, from that time, you know, if if he's literally from Aeor or not, but yeah. And 
we, we already knew that he dealt with dodecahedrons from campaign two, but here front and center, the dodecahedron was like a linchpin of the malleus key. So, and th- this is the luck. These are Luxon. Beacons, the, yeah. Right? The Luxon beacons. So, yeah. um, again, we don't know that he's been consecuting and like, that could be how he's so old. Um, or maybe he has some other but, some other way that has extended his life. But to piece together some things we talked about previously, we talked about when we were talking about like the Luxem Beacon and um basically I don't I remember I, I'm kind of losing what we said, but it was around I can't remember if we were talking about even like Legend of Ox Machina or whatever it was, but and like in terms of like um I was gonna say the Dusk Maven, um uh, uh what's the Taldore? Um the matron of ravens oh same thing yeah right but i couldn't remember the other phrasing for it um but how her mission to vax was so important because people their souls were important they needed to move on and i don't know if it was in this conversation but we talked about how the power of a soul was so much like robust potential and energy and Mm -hmm. and so it's interesting that it became a story point of like an actual massive power source. Yeah. Um, so I just, I love that these little details ended up, you know, being part of Ludus, Ludinus's plan. Um, yeah. So yeah. Which speaking of his plan, the man's playing 40 chess while everyone else is playing <laughs> checkers. Um, <clears throat> speaking of the circling back to the Vax thing a little bit, uh, you know, one thing we, and I'm not going to say we, I'm not going to say we called this, I'm not I'm not saying that everybody, but it's one of the things we posited as the potential of when we were talking about that key the the pre-campaign three attack on the Arashari. Like what were they after? Was it the residuum? Um one of the things we talked about, like was it like a test run to to try and figure out a way to deal with Keyleth? Um mm. so it seems like it was, if not a legitimate attempt to get vax then um kind of either uh, way yeah i think it right. was it was set up for this moment that we've gotten here now um and it's just it's one it's just crazy because i think it also plays into the fact that the paragons call um uh, i'm trying to make sure i don't confuse them paragons call is the odahan one right yeah mm-hmm. that they worship her the the raven queen i mean um so i'm wondering like is that at all legitimate or was it mm. just kind of another yeah uh, peg in the ruse to get this final moment here? Cause one thing, and I know I'm kind of jumping everywhere right now, but one thing Ludinus says during his like epic villain speech was that like, he kind of admired the matron of Ravens for, for usurping okay. a God, which, you yeah, know, we, he, we killed, he says, like, we killed yeah. one of you. Yeah, like, we got um, one of you. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm wondering if there is, like, some true admiration there. And uh, we know that the Matron of Raven is Ruidus born. We found that out right. somewhere. Um, and we know that Ludinus could have been a contemporary of hers back right. in the day. Yeah. So did they even know each other? And so oh, is there yeah. any, like, legitimate admiration there? Or was this all just a ruse? Because at the end of the day, she was a mortal that ascended to godhood, but now she is a god. She is what he hates. So I, I'm not sure where to draw the line on how he truly feels about her versus admiration versus this was all just a ploy to get the lens. Do you yeah. have any thoughts on I, that? I think it definitely could be a little bit of both in that 
because I think the guard even who's taken prisoner says like they they tell us to put it on and like wear this or something like that. Um, so I think there is a bit of a ruse there. And you know, you joked about like forty chest, forty chest, chess. Why well, keep saying chest? <laughs> uh, forty chess. And you know, I just I, I it was all very much um, the monsters know what they're doing vibe. If mm-hmm. you checked out that that material for DMing. Um, in that the villain knows what they're doing. They're smart. They're capable just as much, if not more, than the players. And so I could totally see this being something that's designed to bring in, um, to lure Vax in, I guess. Uh, And then separately, you know, the whole, like, right-on-time comment. I mean, I just... it, It just... For me, it makes me wonder, were they scrying on the party the whole time? Like, running interference and, like, knew they were chatting, knew they were talking um knew the plan um but it goes back to Bo and Caleb basically being like he's getting sloppy um almost like he he wanted to be caught by he wanted Caleb yeah. to show up yeah so um I do like how it all played out and I but I on top of the ruse though I think there is admiration uh simply because of his speech of we killed one of you like we showed you like who's really in control basically um which what a big moment for for lewdness, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I actually loved wow. his speech, and I we we kind of touched on this at, at some point in our earlier episodes. Um, kind of very, wondering. Sorry, go ahead. I was uh, kind of wondering, like not not that he's a good guy, but like he maybe actually does have like at least in his mind, like honorable. Yeah, maybe that's not the right word, but. Um, good intentions in a way like he it it's not some grander ploy for his own power seemingly we, we don't know yet true there still there still is if there will be a power vacuum there may be an opportunity for ascension like the matron of ravens true. that you would take advantage of but yeah no i mean i did like his you know let me be your villain mm-hmm. line um that old speech was very like I kept thinking of like a Final Fantasy game, but like yeah. the villains like giving a speech and you're like subtly, like stealthily trying to like, yeah, you know, make your way through the crowd. Um, so I just a random aside to that. But yeah, the whole speech was very epic. Yeah, agreed. And I, I just kind of having this thought like right now. So this isn't this hasn't marinated at all and it might not even might not even make sense. Um, but since the Raven Queen is Rurus born, and like we said, they may have been contemporaries. No, no, I don't think. Like I said, I'm just now sp- thinking of this. I was gonna say, could they maybe be working together? And this was some like ultra long plan for the Raven Queen to like take out all the other gods as well. But then I don't think that they would have needed to like trick Vax if that was the case. You know, like why yeah. she, she maybe would just willingly have provided the divinity. So that's yeah, probably no. that's probably not the case. Um, I will say Matron of Ravens is probably, you know, hey, are you going to loot me in on this? Like, (laughs) or I loved your short about Vecna. (laughs) I wasn't even there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, Um, but. Which one thing that that could kind of make sense, and I don't know if this this is me going too far, but uh, one thing we had talked about was if this really is like this apocalyptic God ending world ending event, maybe happening, why aren't the gods more present in, in helping finish this? And we've talked about how they're not omniscient and stuff. So there's, there's the plausibility of them maybe being in the dark, but 
Another reason could be if they knew their divinity was required. And so they were staying like they're not going to send any of their champions because then Ludinus might have what he needs. So there could be that aspect to kind of explain it. I like that. You know why he had to set up this whole Keela thing. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, like the rules with Vax, but maybe he even acted outside the authority of the, the matron of Ravens. Like maybe she doesn't even realize that he's, I don't know what's happened with Vax, by the way. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm only kind of assuming. Um, so, I don't so, know yeah. if you're saying that makes sense. but So, yeah, just to, for those of you, just to, to, to recap, uh, Blake didn't see all of campaign one. And so I'm trying to, I don't want to like out. Like, I think there are some implications here and I'll just let those be there unless you want me to like just straight up tell you. And, you know, that also goes for. If if we do get there, I'll give a spoiler warning, I guess. Um, well, but for now, I mean, we're just going to flirt around the players, it. I guess. The players even said some things <laughs> in the moment that I was like, "Oh my gosh, facts! What? What? He's yeah." Oh. So, <laughs> well, um, he is the champion of the Raven Queen. Yeah, and, I guess um, we can just leave it at that. I mean, yeah, I mean, he obviously loves Keyleth, which yeah, you, know, you could kind of get the hints of from the first couple seasons of Vox Machina. Um, so there's just a lot of reasons that all that like really made sense. And of course how epic it was. Um, but one, okay. One kind of last thing on the whole Vax aspect, unless you've got something else. Um, but what got me kind of thinking is that he is this, this lens, which we know they needed. And we know there was a similar lens that, that Morrigan made. Now I don't think they are like one-to-one equivalents, um, I guess there's a chance they they are, but it didn't seem like like it didn't seem like that was like a piece of divinity that that they had with that that first lens that Ashton broke. Still, that being the case, I'm wondering if there's any type of correlation between the fact that the divinity one was like created out of a person, in a way. I wonder if the Morgan lens was like someone, yeah. you know, like if she, and uh, and if so. Uh, who and it's kind of and it's a, it's a long shot but that makes it all the more kind of tragic the fact that they just broke it on the <laughs> ground for no reason essentially i mean knowing her as the collector i mean who knows what you know poor thing she had set yeah. aside to let's make you into a mirror <laughs> <laughs> really? like, whatever happened to that oh we just threw it out you what oh <laughs> That was the fourth princess of the third dynasty of the Hartmore. <laughs> like, oh, okay. The world is doomed. Yeah, I, I do think there's something to be said about, you know, you, you, they could have just found a vestige and used that as like a symbol of divinity. The fact that it needed, it couldn't be a vestige, like it couldn't be an artifact. It needed to be Vax. Uh, to me, just communicates how much more important this essence of divinity or authentic or powerful it needed to be mm-hmm. uh to power this you know malleus key so um and what and like i said earlier what it even means for vax now so yeah yeah okay that's what's one last thing is i don't think he's like i don't think he's he's dead for lack of a better word to use here um but i don't know like is he is he stuck in that form unless someone intervenes in some way is he used up 
yeah. like as the power source. I'm very curious. And I, I don't know if we it doesn't seem like we're going to get that answer at least anytime soon. Mm hmm. So I, I yeah I too am curious. I'm curious what happened to to everyone else there. Did right. like Keyleth, Bo, um, Caleb, and whoever else may have been there. The statue of Ren. Did they all get teleported away? Um, yeah. What do you think was the teleporting? Like, what do you think that was? I don't know. I like it. My my best random guess is that with the leyline energy and all this this magical force just happening is maybe just this explosion of 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 magic in the moment and maybe of many forms that that can take maybe teleportation is one of them maybe they teleported to other nexus points in the yeah. past or something like maybe there's some rhyme or reason to where they went but as far as like why that even happened i don't know beyond just magic bomb well if it's random then like does that mean Adahan is like you know, oh, I'm at Taste of Taldoria all of a sudden. Like, like yeah, like, yeah. Are did, all the villains ported too? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would have been anything in, intentional by, like, lewdness. Right. Like, I don't think he would have, you know, he would have just, could like, it, killed them probably. I don't know. Could it have been something intentional by Liliana that... That's possible. Just sort of, like, in his last moments, like, just wanting to make sure that Imogen and her friends are okay. And she, you know, yeah, maybe didn't have really control of like where they went because of yeah. the, the surge of stuff. Yeah. Like I, I could see something like that. Yeah. Maybe it's surging and she, and even with like, you know, the wibbly wobbly of like all the ley lines and energy, like she kind of just sends them out and, you know, they end up where they end up. Um, I get, I could see that happening. Yeah. You know, that way that at least makes sense. Like why, because it'd be weird now if the excavation site's empty and everyone's like trying to get back there, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think at the very least lewdness is still there. Right. Right. And probably um, Liliana, but as far as the other, just like randos, they, well, yeah, like you said, if it was Liliana, then I don't think she would have teleported anyone else. Right. So maybe so, they're all still there. I don't know. And, and I'm also like wondering, what does this next episode even look like with them? Yeah. It's like drastically different places. Like they're on, I don't, I don't know the map off the top of my head, but they are. So one yeah, well, in Marquette still, right. Since they can see, or uh, is it implied they could be, you know, hundreds of miles away, but it's that massive at an event that they can see it. Are you, um, we're talking about Orem, the, Ashton and Lima. I so we don't know where right. they are like anyone's just guessing right now but um I was looking at the map thinking about this and um I hope this is the I think it was wit from the discord named one place he thought it was and I think he might be onto something um there's this place called I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right cuz I don't think it's ever been like uttered in the show but the pools of witback um yeah, which okay. is like these it's like these sulfurous kind of geothermal pools and Matt described like a sulfurous smell and like pools. Yeah. Um, and it, it's that? not, it's not on Marquette. It's on Taldore, but that's still like probably close enough to see the moon still, you know? So I, yeah. I like that guess. I think, um, 
I think that's a pretty good guess. And it's also, it's near Terra, which I don't think is super relevant, but it is at least somewhat mm. plot relevant since we just had that, that moment with it, you know? So maybe they could go there and Ashton's there, which we know he has some, at least some sort of vague connection to the, to the Ashari via the right. Hishari. So like, maybe that could be a plot thread for, for him. If they end up going to Terra, maybe he could find out more. Um, so that could be a possible connection. Um, but yeah, it's, um, in, it's in Northern Taldore. Oh, Northern. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like almost yeah. the very top and like in those mountains. I don't know what map oh, okay. you're looking at, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't see it on it cause it cuts this map cuts off like the very top, but that makes sense. Cause I was thinking like, Oh, are they like near near or something? Like, like what's, yeah. I thought they were maybe on the Southern side. Um, but that makes sense though. Well, again, okay. they, they could be like, it could be anywhere. That's just, a, that's just a guess. Yeah. Um, but it at least, at least makes sense for, for a few reasons. And then the freaking other group is half the world away in freaking the crystal sands tundra. So and that's in wild mount, right? That is in wild mount. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. like almost, I mean, I, I don't know how the spherical nature of Exandria works but looking at a flat map at least don't tell fcg that's like almost as far as you could possibly be from marquette but again granted the circular world maybe it's not that far but we know that they at least can't see ruidus so um they're far and we we spoke about the teleportation in general so we don't really have the answer there so we don't really have the answer as to why they are where they are um but again because we're playing D and D you can obviously kind of infer some little, some level of, of meta behind right. it. And clearly they're really close to Uthodurn, which is where Chetney's from. So I think we might be leading into, I mean, obviously they're not about to go like, let's go work on Chetney's backstory because you know, they got to deal with this freaking solstice still, but I still think inevitably we might get some, some discovery there. Um, right. Which I'm excited for. Uh, and I know I'm I'm rambling, so stop me or cut me off if you have anything while I'm just going off here. But given the teleportations, one thing I thought was really interesting is all the established um, relationships have kind of been split by this. Like Imogen and Laudna are not together. Um, Ashton right. and FCG are not together. Um, but Ashton and Laudna are together. Oh, right. Yeah. Orm and Fern, not together. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens here. The first thing that came to my mind when that, when this occurred was the trials of the take from campaign one, Um, which if you didn't see campaign one, um, what happened is they basically split the group and for like a, a little chunk of episodes, like half the group, like an episode of critical role would be half the main cast and a couple of guests. And that, that was it. The other half of the cast wasn't there. And then like the next episode would be the other half of the cast mm. and a couple guests. And they kind of did their own thing and then they, and then they re met back up. So I'm wondering if we might get something similar to that. Um, I don't think that that has to be the case because there are obviously, there are ways that they could, they could reconvene quasi quickly if they ne- needed to. And I'm not saying I, I'm just saying like with D and D in this, in the sake of these things, like there would be a way for that to be the case, you know, even though it doesn't seem like they have anybody that could, yeah. It's not like they just call Ren, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, so it at least could be plausible that maybe we get 
little trial of the take-esque scenario here. Maybe one episode of one group, one episode of the other. Maybe we get... How many episodes do you think? I mean, we'll know more this Thursday, but how many... Like, is this like a 10-episode arc in your mind? Or like, what do you think... Of just like the solstice in general or just of them being split, you mean? Split up. Split up. I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't see it being that long. Yeah, okay. I could see then, like maybe one or two each. And then like so from, two to four total each maybe. Yeah. And then in terms of the solstice, is that potentially going to end this next episode? I don't think so. How long does the solstice last? I think it lasts a couple days. Yeah, okay. I don't know, okay. though. Don't quote me on that. But I think it lasts a couple days. Um, speaking of, I'm kind of going to jump back really quick just for this one thing, and then we can we can come back. But a moment during the, the ritual, if you will, where Ludinus, like time freezes everyone, and the stars start shifting by, hours passing in moments. What's your take on what was happening there? Because it seemed like a, like a time stop or a time fast-forward situation but did he freeze the whole planet because we still know keyleth showed up we know the airships showed up so if everyone if only the the concentrated area of the malleus key was frozen then keyleth and those airships seemingly would have showed up during the time fast forward so is the implication that everyone froze or at least maybe like everyone within a certain radius and those you know I'm not sure because there was also a question to Matt after this happened, which was how much time has it been in terms of like, has it been an hour? Like is Keyleth almost here? And Matt said, yeah, it's been almost an hour. Um, And I think that was after the freeze. So I don't know. I kind of got like that. um, What's that Marvel show? Um, Moon Knight? uh, Yeah, Moon Knight. I got kind of Moon Knight vibes of like, you know, controlling the stars. And Mm -hmm. because ultimately it seemed like he wanted to put Rudis um right over like there right above the key yeah but matt's phrasing was it hours seem to pass by in seconds so i don't know i have no <laughs> idea honestly <laughs> yeah so it might be one of those things where it's not really like it was yeah. more about a like a thematic cool moment and getting rudis where he needed it to be more than like a literal temporal mm-hmm. adjustment spell um so i think yeah i think i'm okay with that but i was just curious what you're what your thoughts on that were. So something um, going back to what we were talking about with the party split though, um, something you say, you said got me thinking, cause yeah. you mentioned like in the past they've done like the, this cast is here for this session and there's some guest characters. So if Orem, Laudna and Ashton are in Taldore, could we be having a little crown keepers meet up? Maybe potentially that that is last we heard that's where they were right or do we even know i don't know i didn't yeah i have no idea honestly i I think that's i think that's where they are but yeah i mean if if they do do the split party thing which they might not then it would only make sense to bring in some extra faces you know rather than just have the other half of the cast sitting there for four hours so we'd have opal join the table and we'd have dorian join the table Maybe uh, Dariax joins the table. And somebody else DMs or just Lee Mulligan steps in <laughs> as <laughs> fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it could be really interesting though. What happens in the next, obviously this next episode, but especially 
um, a couple after that. Um, I will say I am surprised that no one died. <laughs> for for it being for what was happening, we I thought for sure we were heading towards an Autohan fight, which we didn't get, uh, or some kind of mega battle, which didn't happen. Yeah, um, which isn't a criticism. I just I think there was a moment where um, mass heal or cure wounds was cast on everybody. He jumped in. Yeah, and it was kind of like that was nice, but no one really needed it. No one really it. needed it. Yeah. Um, though interesting that she even didn't she also heal like even the wounded bad guys too. Yeah, or something? I think because like because I think don't quote me on this, but I think that heals like X amount of people. So I guess she probably oh, okay. it's like the bells hells didn't need it. She just healed. Yeah, the people yeah, that were well, hurt so, by the skyship thing. But yeah, no, it was interesting. It was kind of like we talked a lot about them heading into this and how like crazy dangerous it was. Um, ended up not being really that. They had some great roles when it mattered, um, like the deception roles, but um, ended up not being too bad though. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is it could have gone so much differently, you know? Like if they fail that that very first deception check, like it's on right you know like what are they gonna what are they gonna do like their best guess is that they are somewhere secluded and they can just kill those people and maybe like reinitiate the stealth mission um and obviously it's just pure speculation because you know what happened happened but i can only imagine that if that had happened and they were if they weren't lucky enough to like return to being stealth maybe they would be captured similarly to how Bo and caleb were and kind of just forced to sit there and watch which, by the way, when both those, because they rolled twice, when both of them were just bad rolls, I was like, oh, great. Something's happening to Bo and Caleb now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. So, uh, I know. I don't think any of. So as far as Bo, Caleb and Keyleth, I don't think any of them are going to have died off screen. It's just I don't see I that happening. So, so yeah. I know some people were worried about like they might all be dead. Um not to say that they're perfectly guaranteed safe when this is all said and done, but I at least don't think they're dead from what happened at the end of the episode. There was a weird like power disconnect though. Like having seen in the Uthodern in the Uthodern in the Ukatoa fight, Caleb turning into a literal dragon and being like this massive damage dealer. Um, and him just getting, you know, like grabbed out of the air. Um, I was kind of like already like, I, I kind of just expected more to happen from him, um, which I think obviously we probably don't have time to like make it Caleb's show, I guess. Mm-hmm. But also I think it does give a little bit of a testament to how powerful these bad guys are. Liliana, who we haven't really had much of a demonstration from, but we know lewdness is probably like level 20 plus. Maybe Liliana is as well. If she's yeah, been she was doing some impressive years. things. So I think she's high level. Yeah, so... But yeah, the, the criticism, but yeah, um, I guess I was surprised a little bit. So, so I think, and again, to what you said, like it wasn't about to be Caleb and Bo save the day. Like <laughs> I need everyone to see. leave the table and yeah. uh, Marisha and Orem or uh, Marisha and uh, uh, Liam, you guys stick around. Yeah. So, it's like three hours later. <laughs> you guys did it. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Um, yeah. So obviously that wasn't going to happen, but I think some of it was informed by their roles, which were terrible. Yeah. You they know? Were. Like I think, yeah. I think there was at least the potential of them maybe not getting caught in the way that they got caught again, not to say they would have prevented anything, but maybe they just would have been off screen still. And we wouldn't know what was going on with them. Yeah. Um, 
Now, and I talked about it in the thing, but since you didn't see campaign two, you might not have known what was going on. But like that collar that they put around him, those are like, you can't do anything. Oh, so okay. like he, obviously there's the whole point of, well, how did he get the collar on him in the first place and fair, but again, they rolled terribly. So maybe that had something to do with it. But yeah, once that collar was on, he was basically inert. Um, and Bo actually, I did see this criticism. Uh, Bo being a high level monk has an ability it's called like silence your mind or, or something like that which basically means you can't be charmed so i know some people oh. were all were all like really upset that Bo was seemingly being like mind controlled yeah. which one we don't know what was happening there we don't know what spell or what effect that was maybe it was something that's not considered a charm and therefore her ability wouldn't work but even then i don't really think it matters like this was obviously again it's not the Bo and caleb show so whether whether it was whether she was charmed, I think that was just a cool moment to have her like, oh Caleb's captured and oh here's Bo, but oh god she's being like, she's out of commission too. Like it could have just as easily been Caleb's gripped by the mind hunter golem and Bo is already in chains being pushed down. Like you know it's yeah. just more of a flavor thing that I don't think people need to be getting upset about. Um, well, I mean, and again, yeah, I mean, I'd say just trust the game. I mean, for all we know, Matt has like a a pocket ninth level charm spell that's like you know can't be resisted in that way yeah. similar to like you know disenchant isn't a five it's not a 5e spell and yet brennan used it in calamity you know yeah so it's and maybe people did get mad then i don't know but i'd say like you know i'd say not, not to worry about that if you're watching this and you're that annoyed you it it's not a big deal yeah so. agreed <laughs> and uh, I'm kind of. Did you do you have something? I was kind of shifting a little bit. No, I don't. I want to shift and talk about the ritual and ruidus at some point, and that's kind of my last thing to to hit on. Okay. Um, that just reminded me of something. Um, I'm gonna knock that out really quick. One thing that was really fun, and I know you're not on like really on Twitter or anything, but um, the Critical Role account over the past starting, I think Thursday, last Thursday. Uh, they changed their their profile picture and it's been the critical role logo but like i think it's been like once a day the logo changes and it's getting more and more red like it's being overtaken by red what um oh that's cool and i think it'll okay, either yeah. be fully red today or tomorrow i haven't checked recently so it might have already it's, adjusted again it's still a sliver okay yeah red. so there's like one I mean, more blue and, wow that's uh, cool so that was fun. And then in the Twitch chat last Thursday, there was kind of this like this movement within the Twitch chat to everyone change their name to red. Cause you know, you can like adjust your, your yeah. Twitch appearance. So that was cool. So like, obviously there were a few standouts, but like mostly all the Twitch chat was red. And uh, in the discord, we, we got in on the, on the fun and I, I changed everyone's name to red uh, in our live discussion. Um, no, I That's just thought cool. those were little fun things. Um, but the other By the, the way, or, sorry, I was just going to mention uh, on the Critical um, official Twitter, they've also been tweeting out this yeah. archivist notes yeah you seeing that yeah so every time now, they but... do one of those tweets that's when they change the thing too oh uh, okay so yeah I'm, I'm interested to see what like the the last or the last two of those notes are going to be um but kind of on on a a meta level one thing I wanted to talk about is just one we already talked about like how fun this episode was for the cast and um 
you know, they all seem to have such a great time. But bro, as a DM, especially, you know, you and I have both DM'd. I can only imagine how like satisfying and fun this was for Matt, because oh, yeah. this is something that we don't know exactly how long he's had this in his back pocket, at least the exact details of what's happening here. But the ruinous thing, like ruinous was in campaign one. Like, I think this is like a grand plot that he's had marinating for years. Mm-hmm. And so just to like, just I know you can relate to this and I'm sure a lot of you guys that have DM'd can relate to this but like you'll just be you know if you're homebrewing your world or just figuring out the quest line or whatever you'll have this like grand idea and you're like oh my gosh this will be so cool but you know you have these grand ideas but you got to build up to them so like I can only imagine because I've never really had that that satisfaction of a DM of of like the really long term payoff Uh, so I could just I could just only imagine how satisfying this would be to like have this moment finally come to fruition. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah, don't, I don't I mean, really have anything beyond that to say, but it just was. No, I mean, I think it's, it's sad, sad to say probably many of us as DMs have never got to experience that. Um, yeah. You know, since most, most uh, groups end up, you know, dying off. But yeah. um, I do think about, you know, that process of like when you're really just like indulging in the long-term story and you kind of know in the back of your mind, your players will never get to experience this. <laughs> yeah. But for Matt, yeah, eight years, eight year anniversary. And he got to play out a scenario that he had built up and given nods to over the years. And um, I'm happy for him. You know, I think, I think um, it's great when a D and D group gets to experience something like that. And um, I think if there is any criticism around bringing in old characters, like, oh, there's Vax or whatever. Um, you know, when you design it from the get-go to be this massive story with all these massive characters that continue to show up, um, it only makes sense. You know, it only makes sense to bring these characters back. Um, like, we're finishing, we just finished the second to last episode, or episode, session of this six-month mini campaign we've done with my group, where I'm a mm-hmm. player, not, a, not the DM. And... Um, now everyone's gotten so involved with their characters. Now I'm already looking when I take the reins back over, like how can I do nods to those characters and how would they get involved with like sort of the global things that are happening? Um, Cause if it's a living, breathing world, like why would, why would your character be isolated away from, and that way it kind of feels kind of frail and fragile when they aren't engaging. So mm-hmm. um, I think hats off to them. It's, it's a really great thing for them. Yeah. And there's obviously not that we need to get into this whole discussion, but there's obviously like good ways to do that and and poor ways to do it. And I think he's yeah. obviously done it in a good way. Yeah. And on that note, I think it's it's he's kind of built this really interesting dynamic now where we did have these very powerful people. Excuse me, show up, um, which, again, it, within the world, it makes sense for them to show up to try to prevent this apocalypse. Um, but it's like, well, is that going to steal the thunder away from Bell's Hells? This is their story. Now we're in a position where like a lot of those big powerful people have been taken off the board and like, yeah, it's on bells hells. Now they've, they've scattered to the winds, but like they're one of few people that like know what's happening and they're one of few people set up to actually do something about it. So I think that anyone that had those criticisms shouldn't, they shouldn't have had them anyway, but they definitely shouldn't have them now because now the spotlight is directly on these low-level misfits to try to, <laughs> to try to make something happen here. And we got a lot of runway left. I mean, episode 51's in the books. If this campaign goes to 100, 150, we're only a third of the way. There's a, there's a lot that, that yeah. will need to happen. And 
I think it only fits to take these other people off the board, so to speak, because otherwise it's kind of this constant, you know, if Keyleth has already been established as, oh, I'll just call Keyleth from like the get-go, then as the stakes get larger and larger, it becomes more of an oddity that Keyleth isn't involved. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I agree with you. I think it's great that by the first 50 episodes, these characters have have been given nods to, and I don't I don't want to say like fully dealt with because we don't know what's quite happened, but at least dealt with in some way that the focus remains on this is Bell's Hell's story. Yeah, and it, and it seems like again I don't think those characters are dead, so I think that we could still see Keyleth and and whoever right. play a play a role in this story, and they might be the ones that have to deal with Ludinus because I don't see. <laughs> I don't see Bell's Hell's like ever getting strong enough to deal with him unless he's like severely weakened, which I guess he has only one hand now, unless that can yeah. be healed. Um, but it seems like I'm not saying she's the big bad, but it seems like Odahan is definitely going to be their boss fight for this. Yeah, I part think, of the story. I think Odahan is the nearest big bad to fight. I think there could. I think I don't think she's the ultimate big bad. Agreed. I think there will be maybe even Liliana um, and maybe some form or element related to Pradathos. I don't know. Um, But speaking of Pradathos, we have this event, this explosion of magical energy. Orem and company can now see it. Ruidus kind of beset over the excavation site. The beam still present. Yeah. Best guess as to what's going on there. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought this up because I did want to talk talk about the the implications of exactly what happened here. Because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, this is something we speculated about. Like, is this a no win scenario? Can they do this? Can they impact it in some way? And not to retread that, but I think they did. I think they did impact it. We even had the dialogue from Ludness being like, you know, I don't remember what he said, but like, there's, well, this will have to do or whatever. Um, so I think what they accomplished in ridding those power cores and stuff. Did, did, I don't know, like maybe they didn't, the, the floodgates weren't completely opened, let's call it. And maybe now there's still time to somewhat like turn this off. Like maybe there's still time to fully present Pradathos from breaking out, if you will. Um, but, but in any case, I think they made an impact and that leaves some sort of window for them to operate in. So I don't know what that means exactly. Like, Yes, I don't really know where they go from yeah. here. I imagine they're going to try to get back there. Yeah, I guess. I I think that over the next couple days or whatever it might be, like is, is that beam of light like breaking the prison, if you will? And if it if it completes, the prison will be fully broken. Um, in any case, I think there's going to be, again, I'm just kind of speaking generally here, a hole, a hole in the defenses, if you will. So I think. If not Pradathos himself, like fully emerging, maybe these Ray Laura are going to like now be able to come through. We know there's a city on Ruidus, maybe if not Ray Laura, whatever inhabitants are there are going mm-hmm. to have more of an influence. I think there's going to be some form of that stuff. I would imagine there is going to be somewhat of a possibility to to prevent the full immersion mm-hmm. of Pradathos. I think that's on the table still. But I also kind of hope he gets out, honestly, 
just to see <laughs> just to see like what what that yeah. would mean and what what happens i'm not there. saying i want to see it but <laughs> yeah i so by the kind of what i wondered would be like these next few episodes would it be kind of like getting back together kind of winding up to whatever's next but like what if this next episode is the start of the next calamity and we get point of view from two yeah. different continents, you know, Orem's group, um, Imogen's group of just the chaos and insanity of things that are happening. Um, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing Orem, Orem, Ashton, and Laudna wanting to go back to the excavation site with just the three of them for how much work it took to get there. I just... True. I don't know. I don't know what the plan would be to do that. Um, I guess but the, also it's, it, go ahead. it seems like this has to be resolved though in the next right. day or two, however long the Apache solstice is. I don't, I don't know how long it is. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the good news is they can message each other. True. And so they'll, yeah. they'll very quickly know that everyone's yeah. at least okay. And maybe they can figure out where each other are. But yeah, I'm really curious to see like what their first moves are. Like, yeah, I guess I would guess they're going to go to Uthodurn, that one group, just because it's like the closest point of yeah. civilization. But what's interesting is so Uthodurn is near there, but also the Savalier Wood and the ruins of Molesmere, that city we've oh talked gosh. about, <laughs> is right there too. Bro. So we might get some more information this about like the corruption that we've talked about yeah. there. Um, maybe some lewdness information. Yeah, some lewdness backstory. But it, which, it, but go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, I, it feels like this is happening because of lewdness's line, like it's too late to stop me. Which is kind of like the cliche, like it's too mm -hmm. late, and then oh, you stopped him. But he <laughs> seems so certain and unfazed by all of the Vasselheim ships coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, is it is it too late? Is it done? Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it He did seem pretty confident in that. And I don't, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it is too late in terms of like Pradathos is going to get out, but obviously I don't think that means it's too late for like anything to be done about it. Like maybe they can, maybe they can reseal them. Maybe they can, you know, I don't know. But what, What's interesting is that, like like we just mentioned with Uthodurn and Molesmere, it's like, yeah, there are these really interesting things there, but do they have time to right. to do that? Yeah. Is it just going to be let's immediately get back together and do we go to do we go to Vasselheim? Where like where do we do they go to Whitestone? Like who's the most powerful person that they? I guess they could message Keyleth and be like, are you are you alive? Like um, if she is, maybe she could quickly reunite them, but she's probably got other priorities right now. Yeah, I'm really curious what they have in terms of spells. Oh, thank you for saying that. They did level up. I don't know if you saw. Oh, I know, baby. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so they're all level nine. Let me, let me, while you're looking up, whatever you're looking up. Okay. Let me roll over what happened. So yeah, they just put out a video today of them roll, of them leveling up and rolling their health. So we know that Ashton took another level in Barbarian, Orum Fighter. Imogen Sorcerer, Fern Druid, FCG Cleric, Laudna Sorcerer, Chet Bloodhunter. So they all took their, well, the exception of Laudna. Well, they all took their main class. Laudna took another Sorcerer, not Warlock. Um, Orum did mention that his passive perception is now 31, which, what? 
Um, but so, yeah, are you looking up maybe like what some of them get at level nine or whatever? I already have all that up. Um, I was looking to see what spells they got. Um, cause I think at level nine, they get a fifth level spell. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, teleportation circle. Do sorcerers is, get that? It is. It just says the school. Uh, yes. Sorcerer. Yeah. Sorcerers get so, it. So Imogen could potentially have that now. She could. Yeah. But it also is labeled as the arcana domain. So uh, maybe that's for like a certain subclass. Um, but yeah, available for sorcerers. So yeah, Imogen could have it and they could, boop, you know, teleport. I don't know how that spell works, but um, anyway, um, pretty interesting though, regardless. Yeah. So maybe real quick, I can just kind of run through. I don't yeah, know yeah. Okay. So like you mentioned, Orm took the ninth level in fighter. He got the um, extra ability score improvement, which he put in his perception and also the proficiency bonus, which I think, I'm not sure if he is. I think he is proficient then in uh, perception, um, which gives him that 31. And he gets the indomitable uh, feat, which is you can re-roll a saving throw that you fail. You must use the new roll. Mm. Um, so there's that. Ashton took um, the ninth level in um, Barbarian. Barbarian. Uh, that gives him an extra point of damage on rage damage the proficiency bonus, and then he also gets Brutal Critical. Uh, you can roll one additional weapon damage die when determining the extra damage for a critical hit. Mm. So it could be pretty spicy. Yeah. Um, FCG, ninth level in Cleric. Um, we know he got his first fifth level spell and proficiency bonus. And anything else that his homebrew class may have gotten, we don't right. know yet. right. Um, Imogen, ninth level in Sorcerer, gets her fit first fifth level spell, um, an additional sorcery point, additional proficiency bonus. Um, uh, Chetney, eighth level in Blood Hunter, so he got an ability score improvement. Um, and that's it for him. And then Ladna, I think Ladna took one in Sorcerer. Yeah, right? she took Sorcerer, which Sorcerer six, I think she is now. Yeah, so she got an extra sorcery point, an extra third level spell, and then her sorceress origin uh, feature, uh, which we'll have to see what that is. That might be kind of interesting. Um, and then I don't know the level span for Fern, by the way. Like how much of it Fern is? Fern is eight, eight druid, one rogue. Eight druid, one rogue? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So she got her wild shape, shape improvement uh, and ability score improvement. Nice. So, yeah. So she doesn't, so notably, oh, that 10th level is going to be so important for her because uh, she can get uh, Revivify at Ooh. level 10. But she can't because she took a point in Rogue. She doesn't have it now. But FCG can get Revivify. Right now? Right now. Mm. I also saw he can get Greater Restoration, which I don't, they're not near Rin anymore. But I think that would, I think that would cure Rin. Hmm. Maybe not. I don't know if that like re redeems Petrify. Oh wait, no. He already has a Revivify. I'm thinking of um, the next. Yeah, because he already had the it. More powerful he used resurrection. It. Yeah, because he already used it when. Um, uh, right. Is they it... used the diamonds. 
So that just so, the he, there is that the next level is there. That's just not what it's called. Is it like true resurrection or something? I think yeah, it's higher. Level. Um, let's see. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Um, Raised dead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Why did I say that? Let's see. Reincarnate. Raised. Raised dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh, raised dead at level five. Uh, reincarnate at level five for druids. Oh yeah. So Fern so, already had that then, right? Or she at least had access to it. No, it's a fifth level spell. Oh, fifth level spell. So, fifth level spell. Yeah, okay. yeah. So she'll get reincarnate. Um, and um, uh, FCG now has um, raised dead. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So the those are big. The teleportation circle's big. Um, I wonder. Yeah, it's, it's so many. It does. It doesn't seem like they're just going to instantly reconnect. I mean, I right. guess they could. I mean, obviously anything's on the table, but it feels more interesting, especially since there was a deliberateness to Matt splitting them in this way. That there's a purpose to it, right? So I imagine, I imagine they're not going to instantly reconnect, but I guess they at least could potentially with Imogen's abilities, or maybe now that it's it's quote unquote done. Maybe they could even get Liliana to come. Hey, mom, can you come teleport us back? You know, I, that probably won't happen, but. Yeah, I don't um, think so. Could get a message, though, to Liliana, which would be interesting. Yeah, I think that's got to be the first thing they do is a bunch of messages are going to get sent out, you know, yeah. probably to Keyleth. Um, but yeah, it'll be so curious to see see what the first yeah. move is here. Um, But sorry, real quick. We. I'll, I'll, they leveled up, which we know this because they put out a video like they usually do of them rolling. And I know you can't read too much into this, but they're all at the table together. So at, at the very least, it's not as if half the cast isn't even coming to the studio. And we're going to if if we got like a trials of the take situation where half of them are there and maybe a few guests, um, everyone is at least in the building. Um, so yeah. <laughs> not, not that we can draw any conclusions from that, but I figured I'd throw it out there regardless. So we have this week's episode, I think presumably next week's episode, and then the 30th off, right? So two more episodes. I before think so. Break. And okay. I know that after this week's, they're doing four-sided dive, which they had, they put off. They like, they put it off and said, we're going to do it after this episode instead. And everyone's going to be there. So I know that scared a lot of people like two weeks ago when they announced that. So that'll, that'll after, that's after tomorrow's episode. Yeah, yeah. It's not oh, like it's not that. on Friday, but like it's I think they I think they come out on Tuesday, yeah. so it'll be next Tuesday that that comes out. I think. I think. Okay, that makes me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Okay, interesting. All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so, but let me give one quick okay. scan on the notes really quick. Oh. Swally's looking at that. Yeah, go ahead. Or you go ahead. You go no, ahead. no, go ahead. I was just say you guys if you had other things you wanted us to or you want to weigh in on some things that you've been thinking about or uh, some theories or what have you. Uh, don't forget to jump into our Discord and share some of that with us. We'd be happy to engage with you 
uh, there and chat with you a little bit and also leave your comments down below as to what you think is going on because uh, we do we don't always reply to them all but we do actually read almost all of them um, and we also make sure to give credit to you guys who have really awesome um, uh, thoughts on what's happening so yeah absolutely and like I mentioned earlier, you know, it's Wednesday, so tomorrow's a new episode. There will be a group of us chatting along during the episode. Would love for you to join us. Uh, the only other thing that I wanted to briefly mention on uh, is when, when the moment happened that Matt described, you know, everything goes white. One thing he says is a familiar white. What do you think I that think means? It, I think it has to be back to the Autohan fight. Remember when they all, when Imogen did like the Unleash ruidus energy mm -hmm. that like blew Autohan back and then there was like an explosion that like leveled the city block mm. but then he said like white and everyone kind of had like their flashback Ooh, yeah you know like i kind of wonder if that's what if that's what he's re referencing that's interesting i didn't think about that and I, I didn't remember that it was described that way but that makes a lot of sense but that worries me because that whole city block was leveled so is is the site of the excavation site just gone? And maybe, maybe Imogen, maybe Liliana, like you said, maybe just the chaos then uh, randomness of the event. But because in that moment, wasn't it, wasn't it described as Imogen's power that safely teleported her friends away in that, in that Atahan moment. So they didn't get oh. exploded. Or no? Oh, I, I feel I like remember, it was something actually. like that. Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. I'm not I'm not totally sure, honestly. So I want if so, I wonder if that's what happened here. Be it be it Imogen, be yeah. it Liliana, be it yeah. whatever. If this was like a flux of ruinous magic, and there was some intention from whoever to right. make sure these certain people are safe. Um, right. That would be yeah. really interesting. All right. Well, we'll find out tomorrow night we'll find out so, soon stay tuned i guess so uh thumbnail all right i think it's gotta be just like oh my god from the vax yeah. moment for me yeah yeah for sure right. <clears throat> yeah okay ready yeah <laughs> all right hey we appreciate you guys don't forget to check uh our sub giveaway sub giveaway five thousand subs giveaway on the channel make sure you leave a comment any comment you want will do um even what you ate for lunch today which is what i'm thinking of because <laughs> i didn't eat lunch today um other than that i think that'll do it so see you guys have a good one y'all